Chapter 31 Aftermath An unusual form of weariness unfurled roots through his entire body in the days that he recovered. It took over a week for Gwen to be able to resist compulsions easily again, a week for his body to feel stable. He feared some of the things that August had said to him, not knowing what to trust, certain that after thousands of years of getting personal interaction with others wrong, he couldn't trust any of it. He feared he'd revealed too much of his plan to August, not that he'd had a choice, and he still hadn't heard back from Ash. For the first time in a while, he was concerned that a plan of his might not come to fruition. That the plan concerned August and was important to him made him wonder if he was doomed to poorly fate anything that mattered to him personally. The roots of wariness that had taken hold of his body made him jump when the trows came upon him, even when he knew they were coming. The door of his cupboard swung out towards him. He flinched away from it. There were times when he knew no one else was in the room with him, and he couldn't shake the feeling of being watched by an invisible predator. Panic clawed its way through his lungs, out of his throat, in a series of hoarse gasps that left his heart thundering like he was in the middle of battle. August noticed. The first time had been an accident. Gwen had been in the middle of gathering his breath back to himself when August had entered his room, and the additional presence of someone near him, even though he knew it was August, had him reeling backwards and sitting clumsily on his bed. Dismay gave way to frustration with himself, and he dug his nails into his own palms. He expected mocking, laughter, but August only watched him and then sighed. This is not like me, Gwen said. I've experienced torture before, plenty, and this... Hmm, August said, leaning against the doorframe and looking at his own nails. But I imagine in the past you've always had the option of leaving. Gwen looked at the floor. He wouldn't let me become absent, Gwen said. He swallowed thickly. That thing that I do, you... I know what you mean, August said. What do you mean he wouldn't let you? I gave my mind away, and he simply waited for me to come back to myself half a day later. He said it would render the trade invalid if I did it again. August said nothing for a long time, and Gwen risked looking at him. August was staring at him, an unhappy expression on his face, but Gwen couldn't pick the nuances of it. You should have left. I couldn't. Tell me something, August said, folding his arms, lips thinning. Tell me why you would make yourself go through that, if a significant part of you entertains the fact that all of this, what we've been doing, is a lie. Why would you do that for me? Gwen's heart started pounding too fast again, and he took a deep breath, masked its shakiness. I've been thinking on this, August said. I've been thinking on why you might do something like this to yourself, outside of your standard death wish, for a lie. August walked towards him, stepped between a gap in his legs, spreading it with his own. He placed his palms on Gwen's cheeks, but when he applied pressure, indicating Gwen should look at him, Gwen refused. He kept his gaze staunchly ahead, looking at the fabric of August's shirt. One of August's hands became fingers tracing his forehead carefully, as though he was breakable. Gwen grumbled. "'You've had so little of this,' August said. "'It doesn't matter if it's a lie or not, does it? You need it so badly you would take this in any form.' Gwen's eyes drifted closed. It was something he'd asked himself. It was a humiliating, pathetic fact that he shied away from. He wished he could close his ears to what August was saying. Instead, he decided that if he didn't participate in the conversation, then he could pretend it wasn't happening. The points of contact on his face made it difficult. It was in the way August carded his fingers through Gwen's hair, how carefully he cupped the back of his head and simply held it, as though the brain within might be valuable. August tugged on one of the curls, and Gwen felt it bounce back. He kept his eyes closed. He knew he should push August away, go about his business— but August would be gone from the court soon. If all went well, if it could ever go well, August would be released from his purview. Gwen was starving enough to take what he could get, when he could get it. Your attempts to break me were always very clumsy, August said, and his voice was almost absent, as though he were talking to himself. It was clear he didn't expect Gwen to respond. 
The most sophisticated thing you ever did was use the gag against me, and if you truly wanted me broken, you would have kept it on me permanently. Gwen cringed at the idea of it. There, see? <laughs> Olga said, laughing softly. You are a terrible captor. Terrible. No wonder you don't take prisoners of war. You'd have them all up in your palace, drinking high tea and making sandwiches for them, I'm sure. Gwen chuckled. He couldn't help himself. <laughs> I've never made sandwiches for you, Gwen said. You would, Olga said, and Gwen could hear the smile in his voice. He responded with a smile of his own, and seconds later, August was tracing it with his fingertips. Gwen's lips were sensitive. He couldn't maintain the smile, but he kissed the pads of August's fingers, tasted them with a the flat of his tongue. I am so angry at you, August said on a sigh. At the mess this is, that you are. I loathe your family. And you, by the gods, I thought you knew. I thought in your own damaged, stupid way that you at least understood that I was offering you things I hadn't offered anyone. It turns out you think I'm manipulating you with the things that make me vulnerable to be around you? Gwen swallowed. Did I manipulate you when I told you he left me down in the dark? When I asked you if Ash had abandoned me? Was I manipulating you when I told you I had been possessed with the shadows? Or told you how I came to Ash's name? And of course you would think yes to that. You make me want to rip you apart, that you would slight these things that I've given to you. That you would think that I've given them to you to manipulate you, or because, and this is laughable, you think you are sophisticated enough at being a captor, that you had somehow manipulated them out of me. But August's fingers stayed tender, his touch consistently sweet. The fingers of both of his hands were now ruffling and smoothing his hair. I've given you everything you need to break me, even as I know how to break you. Gwen looked up at him, and August was looking down at him, an unreadable expression on his face. Put a gag on my mouth, shove me down in a pitch darkness somewhere, tell me my brother is in danger, and I break quite easily, it turns out. <laughs> August laughed. <laughs> it's shameful. I'm not like you. I can't withstand torture in a battlefield. His concerted attack on your psyche is not battlefield torture. It is unwise to conflate the two. I am angry, though, August said, looking up into the distance. Normally I would just backhand you and be done with it. But I have something else in mind. Punishment? Gwen said, nervously. Punishment, after all he'd just been through? After what he'd just done? No, August said, pulling Gwen's head to his belly and holding it close. Gwen could hear his heart, then a faint sound of digestion. Not punishment. August took a very deep breath, blew it out. Are you really thinking of releasing me? Gwen nodded against August's shirt. He wanted to reach up with his arms and hold August's waist, his hips, place his hands over August's hands. But he kept his arms still, uncertain. And in all that mess in that head of yours, have you worked out how to release yourself? Gwen opened his mouth to say that he wasn't a prisoner, and then closed it, sunk forwards into August's body, and shook his head. August slid his palm down the collar of Gwen's shirt and rubbed circles into his back. He dragged claw tips over his scalp, exciting lines of sensation that made Gwen groan after a couple of minutes, reaching up absently with a hand and bracing himself on August's side. You deserve a second chance, Gwen said softly. I know, August said. Do you? Gwen said, smiling. I always deserve a second chance, <laughs> August said, laughing. My survival instinct is well and truly intact. I will take as many chances as I can get, thank you very much. And you? What about your second chance? Be quiet. That's doubtful. There was a smile in his voice but August didn't say anything else. He ruffled Gwen's hair one more time, stroked it back into place, and then stepped back, his gaze scrutinizing. After a while, he simply turned around and left, and Gwen lay back on his bed, looking up at the ceiling. He could feel August's fingers in his hair, his palm on his cheeks. It evoked a warm feeling in him that was quite unlike anything else he'd ever felt in his life. He wished he could have more of it before he let August go. Gwen's absence had been noted by the court, 
and it was Albion who confronted him over it, taking him aside like some recalcitrant child. Now is not the time for quests, Gwen. Your court is. It doesn't seem to matter what I say to them. Favour is falling against you. I would not see your kingship come to this. Gwen had talked with him for some time, trying to find ways that he could comply with Albion's requests without really complying with them, when he found it all too draining and said, Albion, have you ever considered that I have fulfilled the tasks required of me and that I am simply not suited for kingship? Your loyalty is a blessing, truly, but let us both be honest. I am a war general and nothing more. Of course I know this, Albion said, shaking his head. But a century and a half is all you have left of this kingship, and it would be vastly preferable if you could step down on your own terms. Being voted out is shameful. Apparently my entire conduct in this court is shameful, if you are to be believed. No, don't chide, Albion said, grimacing. Is that what you think? I know this suits you ill, but a century and a half is nothing. You are young, but you must still know that it is nothing. It wasn't nothing. Every day, week, month, year that passed in the Seely Court was another year on a sentence that he couldn't wait to shake. And without villains to focus on, all he felt was the cage of it. Albion must have seen something of it on his face, because he reached out to place a hand on Gwen's shoulder. Gwen flinched. It was a full-body response, and Gwen frowned, even as Albion's eyes widened in surprise. I meant you no harm. Albion said, eyes narrowing as he scrutinized Gwen. I know that, Gwen said, exasperated. It has nothing to do with you. It is an unfortunate reflex I seem to have picked up over the past two weeks. It shall pass. You? Albion said, eyebrows pulling together. That is not like you. At any rate, Gwen said, desperate to change the subject. You are, of course, correct. A century and a half is nothing at all. But I'm not sure I can sway this court in that time, and perhaps they may be better with another king or queen. I know you've thought it too, Albion. Everyone has at some point. I don't think any fae particularly thinks I belong here in this position. We all knew it was only temporary. Did we? Albion said. Some of us had hoped you would grow into the role. Still hope for it. Perhaps if you spent less time gallivanting about the countryside and more time connected with those of high status, you would see that there is still time to grow into the role. Gwen turned the conversation to other matters. It occurred to him that he had the power of invisibility lurking somewhere inside of him, a gift for August. For the first time since acquiring it, he wished he could take it for himself and flicker away. That evening, he couldn't sleep or even find a doze. He was used to whiling away evenings. Many of the Fay court left to attend their own families, estates, homes, and he didn't have to entertain in the greater court itself. He read, ate, checked on weapons, cleaned his armor, wandered halls. He often used the time for exploring, but hadn't left as often of late, not wanting to miss when Ash might come, if he arrived. His wanderings took him past August Lake. He backtracked several steps when he saw it in the corner of his eye. The whole room had been terraformed. It was lush, verdant. Lilies flowered in the water, and other flowers that he didn't recognize blossomed nearby. Vines hung from the ceiling. The room was steamier and more humid than ever. The lake itself was half-hidden by a screen of sedges, rushes, and even a small tree with glossy, thick, dark green leaves. It was wilderness, smelling of loam, humus, chlorophyll. Tiny birds flittered through the undergrowth. A frog, jeweled with wet brown skin and adorned with glowing brown eyes, croaked musically at him. He stared at it all. He couldn't help remember the time he defeated August, dropping him from king status to underfay. He hadn't been paying attention to what was happening around him at the time, only felt the thick, overwhelming swirl of power as it flooded out of August's body. But when he'd stepped away, the underground cavern had been turned into a burgeoning landscape. But this was... Gwen had made the lake functional, though he'd tried to make it aesthetic, too. But this was an ecosystem. The lake was alive. August had given it a presence of its own, and the energy of it was calming. Gwen stared at it for a few minutes longer, and then walked straight to August's rooms. But when he got there and knocked on the closed door, 
he realized it was perhaps a little foolish to see the lake and then visit August on a whim. He didn't have any reason to be at his rooms, and didn't even know if he'd be there. August wondered a lot, too, since they both had problems. August opened the door. Can I help you? August said, a faint half-smile on his face. He studied Gwen closely, and then smirked. You look a little lost. How was my light on Seely, when you can do that with your lake, and it not be Seely? My lake, August said. That's not my lake. It might as well be. It's unrecognizable. August opened the door wider and waved Gwen inside. His room was immaculate. There was no sign of what August had been doing. The bed was unwrinkled, the chair was pushed into the desk, the door to his adjoining room closed. There was a new quilt cover on the bed, this one cream with a white burst of embroidery across it. "'I eat humans,' August said, and Gwen stared at him in confusion. "'I eat humans, and all of my abilities are designed to make that easier. Compulsions. The waterweed I can project from my wrists. The ability to turn any landscape into a lake when I am more powerful.' the poison I produce that is toxic to the flesh of humans and makes them easier to hunt should they escape my bite. As for the lakes, I don't realize I'm doing it, though I can consciously direct it. That's exhausting. I don't like exhausting. But I always thought it was perhaps to make the lakes more inviting to human eyes. A healthy lake is far more agreeable a place to seek fresh water than an unhealthy lake. You thought? You mean you don't know? I didn't get a manual on what it is to be the Okushka, August said dryly. The only part that is particularly self-evident is that I eat humans and I loathe liver and dry out without exposure to water. Ah, Gwen said, brows furrowing. I thought you just... knew. August nodded, shrugged. He tilted his head to the side, and Gwen knew automatically that August had already changed the subject in his head, that he was thinking of something else. He shifted nervously. You said you knew what it was to be fucked gently. Do you remember? You said that it had happened once. Was that once, by any chance, Marfed? I cannot think of when else it may have been, in your dearth of personal relationships. Gwen's head snapped back to August. He stared. An uncomfortable prickling sensation under his skin made him want to itch at his own arms. August brought up Marfed's name so easily, but it was symbols clashing by his own ears to hear his name unexpectedly. He had to think back over what August said to untangle the sentences. He wasn't sure he'd ever get used to the way August just brought it up like that. I... yes, Gwen said. But you never fucked in a bed. Why exactly are we talking about this? Humor me, August said, stepping towards him and placing his palms flat on Gwen's chest. It was becoming a familiar warmth, a heaviness he breathed into instead of away from. August was looking up at him, but his eye contact was always so direct and often unblinking that Gwen looked away. He could manage a direct stare better than most, but here, in August's room, he wasn't the creature that made war and slaughtered, and it was harder to face that gaze. No, we never... not in a bed, Gwen said. It doesn't need to be in a bed to be gentle. I'm just trying to understand what you mean by gentle... August said, stroking his hands down Gwen's chest with care, before coming back up and repeating the motion. He did that several more times, then reached up and unbuttoned the first button on Gwen's shirt. Then the second. Gwen had forgotten he was wearing a more formal shirt. Albion had told him to wear it. August exposed more of Gwen's chest, and pressed his palms to bare skin, rubbing at his collarbones, then reaching up and pushing his fingers lightly into the muscles there, massaging them lightly. Gwen swallowed. August must have felt it against the palm of his hand. Fingers touched his lips, and Gwen's eyes flickered to August at that, mouth parting. August's face was intent. He watched Gwen's eyes, not the place where he dragged the pads of his fingers over the flesh of Gwen's lips. Gwen shivered. He was sensitive, and August was thorough. He pressed fingertips into the corners of his mouth, stroked a finger down his philtrum, and then did it several more times, following the dip between the center of his nose to the top of his lip. Gwen licked his lips absently, and August smiled impishly at him, and then tried to capture his tongue between thumb and forefinger. "'What are you doing?' Gwen said. "'What I want to do,' August said. August's fingers trailed up and hovered over Gwen's eyes, 
before encouraging his eyelids to close with patience. Gwen did so, then sneezed when August rubbed his eyelashes. Every time, August said, amused. Do be quiet, Gwen said, flushing. I'm going to try something, August said softly. You might not like it. Will it hurt? Gwen said, apprehensively. August was stroking his fingers over the fragile skin of Gwen's eyelids, and it tickled, but not enough that Gwen felt like he needed to move away. August's fingers moved to his forehead then, smoothed at the lines that had appeared there. Gwen couldn't relax, so August kept tracing them. No, sweetness. It will not, at any point, cause you physical pain. I... Gwen's brow furrowed further, and then he inhaled, startled, when lips pressed against his. Gwen opened his mouth, obedient, but August kept the kiss closed mouth, chaste. He realized August was copying his own style of kissing. Gwen closed his mouth again, leaned forwards unconsciously. August rewarded the motion by licking at his lips, kissing the corner of his mouth. When he withdrew, it was only enough to lower his hands to Gwen's shirt and unbutton the rest of it. Gwen stood, awkward. August had always asked him to do this part, and it was strange having someone else do it for him. He'd never had a manservant in the estate like Creel and Leed. He'd always dressed and undressed himself. To have August do this to him was odd, and he didn't know quite how to stand or what to do with his arms. August was generous with his touches. For every two buttons he undid, he slid his hands into Gwen's shirt, smoothing palms around the newly exposed skin. He rubbed circles into his side with thumbs, scratched carefully at his back. None of it hurt. When the shirt was unbuttoned, he reached up and slid it off his arms, before turning and placing it on the desk. He crouched by Gwen's feet and started unlacing his boots, and Gwen stared down at the top of his head, breath coming faster. "'What are you doing?' "'Taking your clothes off,' August said. "'I know you can be adult, but honestly, Gwen.' But there was something in August's voice that indicated he knew very well that he was doing something unusual. Gwen decided not to push. What was happening was different, and he was intrigued. Almost everything new that August had shown him so far were things that he ended up daydreaming about. They helped him get through his time in the court itself, turned his life into something far more bearable. Both his boots were unlaced, and August knocked at his ankles with his knuckles until Gwen stepped out of them. August pushed them aside and knelt up, eyebrows raising at the belt, buttons, and formal fixtures of his pants. "'Whose influence is this?' August said, looking up at him. Gwen was staring down at him hungrily. August's mouth was tantalizingly close to his cock, even with a barrier of fabric in the way. He didn't think August would ever offer that to him again, since it was something Gwen had only ever taken by force, not something August had ever willingly offered. And though guilt plagued him for what he'd taken from August, he still couldn't bring himself to remember August's mouth wrapped around him, the vindictive, helpless spark in his eyes, with anything other than lust. August's lips curled in a slow, knowing smile. Not today, I'm afraid, August said, and Gwen nodded, swallowed. Ever? But there would be no ever. Weeks at most, and August would be free. He would never come back. He had no reason to, no matter what he said. Perhaps. August shrugged with one shoulder as he masterfully undid everything and drew Gwen's pants down, skimming his knuckles over his thighs as he went. Gwen stepped out of those, too, and August stayed kneeling on the ground as he took off his own shirt, undid his own pants, left everything in a pile on the floor. "'Did he hurt you?' August said, looking up at Gwen from where he knelt. One of his hands rested casually on the bridge of Gwen's foot. The other was smoothing across the top of his thigh, over and over again. "'It was eager,' Gwen said, realizing what he was referring to. But you know me, August. I don't mind a little pain. <laughs> a little pain, he says. August laughed. Gwen pursed his lips together, and then laughed seconds later, looking away. So he hurt you, but you liked it, August said. But that's not gentle. I'm not explaining it well, Gwen said, frustrated. You're explaining it very well, actually, August said, standing. He pressed his lips to Gwen's again, drawing his lower lip between his own and sucking. He licked his way into Gwen's mouth, stroking the roof of his mouth with a sensuality that had Gwen's eyes drifting shut, his fingers twitching by his sides. 
Gwen's tongue moved up hesitantly, and August moaned, wrapped his tongue around Gwen's, slid them together until Gwen felt himself begin to get hard, the heat they created in their mouths drifting slowly down until his lungs felt full with it, until his cock swelled from it. I'm not trying to make you think ill of that time, August said, lifting Gwen's head up with his fingers and pressing his lips to Gwen's neck. Gwen kept expecting the bite of teeth, sharpness, but it didn't come. Gwen's breathing was unsteady. I'm only trying to gauge what you know. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Come lie down on the bed. August slipped his hands into Gwen's again, pulled him towards the bed, sitting down on it and encouraging Gwen to sit down next to him. From there, August pushed him with care towards the headboard, and Gwen found himself lying on his back instead of on his front, head resting on pillows, looking at August curiously. What are we doing? Gwen said. Something new, August said. His voice was light, but there was a sudden tightness to his expression, and Gwen leaned up, concerned. August, are you okay? No, August said, his voice shaking. Not for years, but the entire fake kingdom knows that. And no, for other reasons also. Why don't you grow body hair? Is it the light that burns beneath your skin? Gwen blinked at the change in topic, watched as August smoothed his palm over his flanks, over the tops of his knees. Gwen tried to fathom August's expression, but August was focusing on what he was doing. So Gwen focused on that too. I think so, Gwen said. I've never... it never happened. Is that why your eyelashes and eyebrows are so pale? Everything about you is drained of color, somehow. Except here. August touched his fingers to Gwen's cock, and it twitched at the contact. August looked up and smiled lazily. And your cheeks, he added. Gwen felt the faintest hint of embarrassment, shifted on the bed. This was very different to anything they'd ever done. By now, August was usually issuing orders. Gwen liked the structure of that. It let him know what he could and couldn't do. By now, there would be pain or the threat of pain. Gwen shifted again, and August watched him the entire time, like he was waiting for something. You're not going to cause me pain, Gwen said, confused. Is there anything I should be doing? Is there anything you want me to do? August stroked Gwen's abdomen, all the way up to his collarbones. He reared up, pressed his forehead to Gwen's, exhaled and inhaled slowly. He seemed to be drawing strength from somewhere inside of himself, and it baffled Gwen, because he had no idea why August might be finding this difficult. Everything was so... mild. Endure, August said. I want you to endure. But... I don't understand. Two weeks you were gone, August said, his voice hard. It was a voice often matched with claws and teeth, but August's hands on him were tender. Two weeks, and you asked me to extend you a measure of trust, only for me to find out, when you returned, that it was the last thing I should have done. You are not trustworthy. August slid his knees apart and over Gwen's waist, straddled him. Gwen felt each one of August's words like a blow, and he was shaking his head as much as he could without breaking the contact between August's forehead and his own. I did the right thing, Gwen said, if you would only take the damnable power. Not yet. I don't want the thing that you nearly got yourself killed for, just yet. August shook his head, pressed his lips to Gwen's again, sliding his tongue inside, pressing his chest close so that their skin touched. The cool contrast of August's skin against his own was welcome. He wished he could pull August closer, but his hands remained cautious at his side. He did, however, open his mouth further for the kiss, and then August was slanting his head, bettering the angle, and Gwen moaned as it became sparks of heat in the back of his throat, a heavy weight dragging down his eyelids. He was breathing unevenly when August leaned over, pulled out lubricant, placed it on the quilt beside them. Gwen expected him to start slicking his fingers, start slicking something, but instead, August went back to kissing him, pressing closed-mouth kisses to his lips, one after the other, and then dragging his lips down his jaw to the underside of his neck. He pressed his tongue to his pulse, then slid down, painting a wet stripe that was ticklish and hot all the way to his collarbone. The tongue became lips measuring out kisses against his skin, slow and thorough. Each one was curious, exploratory. 
Each time August placed his mouth against a new place on Gwen's body, his lips would open, his tongue would press flat against his skin and lap at it, would point and prod, would suck or scrape teeth for texture rather than roughness. He sometimes blew against the wet marks he left behind, sometimes he trailed his fingers through them. And when he did that to the wet place he left behind on Gwen's nipple, Gwen shuddered at the liquid warmth of it all. His legs spread, one of his arms raised, and he found himself pressing the flat of his hand to August's side, taking a deeper breath. He didn't know quite what to think about what was happening. Everything August did was so measured, so careful, and Gwen wasn't... He wouldn't... I'm not breakable, Gwen said, finally. I'm merely being gentle, August said, looking up. Is it torture? I... No, Gwen said, brow furrowing. Are you in pain? Gwen shook his head. August lifted off from where he straddled Gwen's body, picked up the lubricant in his hands, looking meaningfully at Gwen's cock where it bobbed between his legs. Still enjoying it? You know that I am, Gwen said, but he didn't feel entirely sure. Something of that must have come through in his voice, because August stared at him for several seconds, calculating. But then he knelt between Gwen's legs, pouring lubricant onto his fingers and eyes flickering up to Gwen's once more. Gwen expected August to breach him straight away, then jerked when slick fingers dragged up between the crease of his inner thigh. The fingertips moved up over his pelvis, traced curves of muscle, and still further, leaving a cool, slick line that spiraled up over his heart, finished over the beat of it. It was intimate, and Gwen swallowed, turned his head to the side. You are beautiful, August said quietly, and Gwen tensed. August was stroking him with his other hand, measuring out the shape of his torso, petting his waist, cupping his hip. You must look like a war god out on the battlefield, gleaming in your armor, going helmless so that the sun might catch your hair, your eyes, and how Creel must have attacked you for it, the way you looked. It was on the tip of his tongue to ask August to stop lying to him, to please stop, only that August sounded sincere, and Gwen wasn't used to hearing anything quite like it. I appreciate other things about you, August said softly, how honest your heart and your pulse is, and how they race when I tug on the strings of you. I'm not a puppet, Gwen said hoarsely, as August reached up and stroked at his throat, traced the line of his lips, and lingered. That you have all this musculature at your disposal, but there are surprisingly soft places. Here, for example. August stroked the skin just above Gwen's armpit, following the curve of it down, sending goose flesh across him and making him shiver. Gwen watched August now, uncertain, feeling a tremble start somewhere in the core of him. Something didn't feel quite right, and he couldn't tell what it was. August had told him to endure, but he wasn't sure exactly how to endure this, or even why he felt like he might need to. Your lips, August said, and the way you kiss me with them. August placed his lips an inch away from Gwen's, so kiss me with them. Gwen blinked up at him, licked his lips. He lifted slightly, and the hand on August's side came up and touched his damp hair, drew him down. He pressed his closed lips against August, keeping them closed, wishing that there were ways he could preserve a moment precisely and replay it over and over. He rubbed his lips against August and closed his eyes when August smiled against his mouth. August relaxed further, until their chests were touching, and August was resting his weight against Gwen's, sinking into the kiss with a boneless ease that made Gwen want to roll him over, pin him to the bed. But he waited, unsure. After a few minutes, August lifted up and looked at him, a faint smile on his face. He reached up and plunged his fingers into Gwen's hair, dragging fingertips firmly down his scalp in a single, languorous motion that sent a shudder all the way down Gwen's spine. He arched up into the motion, and August pressed small kisses into the side of his face. I love that you enjoy this practically as much as any water horse. And I love your hair. Water horses are enamored with dry hair anyway, simply because it is dry. But yours has the novelty of being especially soft, with a color to it like dawn sun. But in particular, I enjoy how you react to it. Because you always do. I have never seen you pretend indifference to this, or at least... Never very well. And I like the feel of it in my fingers, and how quickly your hair looks must. 
I do like it when you appear debauched, Gwen. I believe I like that very much. August messed his hair on purpose then, laughing when Gwen looked up as though he could see it himself. August then withdrew his fingers and slid his hand down between them, picking up lubricant still clinging to Gwen's torso as he went. August's hand wrapped around his cock, and a sound choked off in the back of Gwen's throat. Here, you are quite well formed. I've said it before, and it's true. Perhaps not all of those soldiers you've split with this are quite so grateful for it, but I am. It has, at the very least, provided many distractions within this court. And it is also sensitive, which is amazing given all the ways you've used it roughly. But look, I need hardly touch you, and there. Gwen was moaning softly as August traced the vein on the underside of his cock with fingers that were far too clever. Alongside the pleasure of it was a sense of trepidation, of foreboding. Perhaps it was a trick. Perhaps it was a new kind of scene, one where August would be kind and gentle, then turn it around. After all, August was angry at him, and though he said he wouldn't punish him, maybe August wouldn't think it was punishment if he was kind first. "'Are you going to hurt me?' Gwen said, hating how his voice sounded. August's eyes snapped to his. He took several deep breaths. "'Have I hurt you at all today?' "'Will you, though?' "'Have I said I would? Do you not believe me? Out of the two of us, I am far more likely to follow through on my word. Do you need a blood oath?' Gwen's mouth was dry, the tremor in the core of him spread. Is it a feint? Are you... you said you were angry. I will not hurt you, August said, firmly. I am angry. It angers me that you don't understand what I'm doing. It angers me that you went and wasted yourself on something that is possibly not even needed, and upon thinking you may have intended it because you thought this was a mutually beneficial relationship... I find out that you believe it is entirely one-sided and a lie. It angers me that I cannot compliment you without your heart racing or scenting your fear, that I cannot lay these touches upon you and have you trust them. August's jaw tightened. I have held back from you, not with pain, because I don't need to, but with this, with gentleness and touch. You are overwhelmed by it so quickly. I thought I was doing the right thing. But I'm sick of it. Now, I have asked you to endure, and you will endure. After that, August bowed back down to his flesh again, not taking him in hand or breaching him, but stroking his body, kissing him, licking and breathing over his skin, until Gwen had the vaguest sense of being worshipped, of being treated with reverence. It made him uncomfortable, because this wasn't right. People weren't supposed to treat him like this. Gwen had to close his eyes to block out the sight of it, and his head thumped back to the bed. His heart was unsteady, but August wouldn't stop, and Gwen felt sensation creeping over him, dragging him down to a shadowed place with its fingers. He shifted on the bed, made a strangled sound when August pressed his lips to his inner thigh. It was too much. He rose up on his elbows, and August looked up at him. "'Are you enjoying this?' August said, and Gwen nodded, because of course he was. He was hard, he was leaking, he just felt... odd.' Are you sure? August said. You don't look sure. August's fingers cupped his balls, and he dragged his fingers over them. Gwen's head tilted back. He gasped. August kept doing it until Gwen found himself arching up into the touch, a helpless groan bursting from his throat. August slid his other hand beneath Gwen's ass and lifted, massaged and gripped at the handful of flesh he'd found, and Gwen was shaking and pleased and concerned and full of sparks, a pinwheel mess of feeling. Gwen's fingers dropped to the quilt and fisted into it, and he turned his head to the side, stared blindly at the wall, at the furniture. His mouth opened on the word, oh, but it never moved past his mouth except on exhales, barely spoken. There was nothing in his scope of experience that compared to this, and his mind, always hungry to learn new things, was greedily holding on to everything. "'Pass me a pillow, please,' August said. It took Gwen a little while to process what August had said, and then he reached out to the side and dragged a pillow down, uncoordinated. August took it, dragged fingers over Gwen's, and then encouraged Gwen to lift his hips, sliding it beneath like he had when August had compelled him to touch himself. Gwen's brow furrowed dimly. "'Do you want me to turn over?' he said. "'Ah, this too?' 
August said. Never done this face to face. Look at all the new experiences you're having. I'm sure I have, Gwen said dimly. Yes, you sound very sure, August said, something amused in his voice. And Gwen was distracted again by a hand, fingers, August's mouth, so that when August stroked slicked fingers between his legs, questing, Gwen was a combination of shocked and ready, his legs spreading, his heart uncertain. August moved up over him, braced himself on an arm, pressed his cheek to Gwen's chest, and Gwen's breath caught in his throat when fingers brushed across his entrance, pushing lightly, but not pushing in. Gwen's mouth opened on shuddered exhales, and August hushed him, turning his face and laying soft, simple kisses against his skin, one after the other. "'Just do it already, August,' Gwen said, impatience and strain marking his voice. "'You're not relaxed enough yet.' "'Am I not?' No, sweetness, you're not. Breathe for me. Copy my breathing. Gwen tried. He did try. But August's breathing was slow and steady, and Gwen's was all over the place, a spool of panic unwinding inside of him. The more he tried to relax, the more he felt everything that August was doing, the more he felt present in the room, on the bed, the quilt beneath him and the embroidery under his ankles and the pillow lifting his hips and keeping him exposed. Everything was acute and exact, and he felt like something was wrong. A small, distressed sound left his lips. Easy, August said. You can do this. I'm not hurting you. Now copy my breathing. Concentrate, Gwen. Concentrate for me. Gwen's eyes squeezed shut. He tried harder. Small whimpers left him at the top of every slow, shaky exhale. But eventually, his breathing did slow, and August lifted his head reached forwards and slipped his tongue between Gwen's lips, capturing a moan. He thrust his tongue gently back and forth, and then when Gwen started to slump back into the bed, August slid his middle finger inside of him easily, breaching him with a thoroughness that stole the breath out of Gwen's lungs. He cried out, and August swallowed the sound right out of his mouth, turning into nothing more than muffled noise, hitched breaths. August didn't move his lips away from Gwen's for more than a couple of seconds at a time as he fingered him slowly, and Gwen felt pinned even though it wasn't August's cock. He felt open and split apart, like he was exposing something of himself he wasn't ever supposed to expose. August would see something, and something terrible was going to happen. Dread overtook him, and he tore his mouth away, gasping in panic, August keeping his mouth by his lips, breathing carefully. "'I'm not hurting you,' August said again. "'What's wrong?' "'I don't... I don't know.' August sighed, his fingers stopped thrusting back and forth, though it curled slowly inside of Gwen with a carefulness that made Gwen shake his head at it, denial thick in his throat. "'I can't,' Gwen said, face twisting. "'Unless you tell me what's wrong, I will not stop. Endure, sweetness. Copy my breathing again. There, good. That's good, Gwen. You're doing so, so well.' Gwen moaned a long sound of despair, quiet in the room. And August must have known what it was, didn't misinterpret it, because he sighed again and kissed the corner of his mouth, soothing and gentle. Gwen focused on mastering his breathing, and August murmured gentle encouragement, full of praise that plucked at tendons and ligaments inside of him, made him feel like he'd been strung up. He couldn't ever remember feeling so bare before August, and he didn't like it. He didn't. Except he was so hard, and August's finger felt perfect inside of him. He was confused. His eyes were beginning to burn. I can't, Gwen whispered, but August ignored him, and Gwen focused on his breathing again. When it evened out enough that he shifted his hips into August's hand, August carefully pressed his second finger in, moving slowly. There was a stretch, but no burn. A throb of pleasure that wasn't an ache. It didn't hurt. Gwen had no idea it could be like this. Oh, gods! Gwen cried out. What are you doing to me? What do you think I'm doing? But Gwen didn't know. He didn't have words for it. And August hushed him again, kept his fingers moving until Gwen writhed, wanting it to be over, not understanding why this was so difficult. Only that it was, and he could hardly breathe around it. He'd never daydreamed about this, never made room for it in his fantasies. It wasn't something he had an understanding of, and it terrified him. He thought Moffat had been gentle. He thought... How could he have been wrong? He couldn't do this. 
He jerked away, and August's fingers slid out of him as Gwen started to move to the side of the bed. But August wouldn't get off him, and Gwen's hands came up, shoving, expecting August to shove back. And when August did nothing, Gwen froze himself, staring, uncertain. August looked unhappy. His fingers were covered in lubricant. Gwen knew they'd be warm, they'd just been inside of him. He felt empty somehow. He wanted to get away, he wanted to escape, he wanted to press the entire length of his body along August and feel his skin against his. Lie down, August said. You can do this. Why won't you just hurt me? Gwen said. I like pain, I enjoy it. Is this a new brand of sadism from you? Because if it is, I... All I am doing, August said slowly, is not hurting you. I would also like to say that you don't know exactly what you like, because your spectrum of sex is warped. I'm not taking too long. I'm not dragging this out. I'm not tormenting you. I'm not injuring you. I've asked you to endure this, and you are running away from painless, affectionate sex. What does that say about you? Gwen swallowed spasmodically and threw himself back down to the bed, breath shuddering in his lungs. When August framed it like that, he felt like a coward. He didn't want to be that, didn't want to run away, but he was frightened of what it would feel like when August pressed inside of him. He didn't want August to see his face, didn't want August to see him like this. Can I not just turn over? Gwen said. Once, you told me you needed eye contact, August said, moving over him again. Such an odd request, given you've never insisted on it since. Do you know what you were asking for that day? Aside from not wanting to be sounded again, you were asking for more contact, for connection and intimacy. August's fingers pressed carefully at his entrance once more, and when there was almost no resistance, he slid both in, his own breath catching as Gwen whined. If you can withstand two weeks of torture at that crude beast's hands, then you can withstand an hour of this, my dear heart. And if you can't, I don't actually care. You will withstand this. You will know, at least once in your life, what it is like for someone to cherish you. The word was a flare of sharp pain in his chest, and Gwen's hand struck out. He dug furrows into August's back, split skin, drew blood. August cried out through clenched teeth, pained, but didn't retaliate only kept sliding his fingers back and forth even as Gwen scored his skin again. His fingers were wet now, blood oozing from August's back. You can't make me hurt you, August said, and I'm not a masochist in the way that you are, so if you're quite done, I'd like you to stop doing that. Gwen dropped his hand back to the bed in frustration, and the trapped, fractious sound he made was a plea for mercy. Help. Anything. August stilled. He lifted his head and looked at Gwen, mouth slanting in a frown. He closed his eyes for several seconds, and then his face twisted, his jaw clenched. "'I will see this through,' he muttered. August pressed his lips to Gwen's again, breathed in his breath, sucked his tongue between his lips, and made a home for it in his mouth until Gwen realized that he was tasting August, the sweet, watery liquor of him, running his own tongue along the roof of his mouth, feeling teeth that were blunt but could sharpen if he were particularly furious or needed to defend himself. August's tongue was cleverer than his— twining and sinuous. It was a spell August cast on him, and he lost track of time, only to moan sharply when August pressed a third finger inside of him. August was even gentler now, easing back at some signal that Gwen gave, though he had no idea what it was. And instead, August stretched him repeatedly with two fingers, thoroughly, without pain. He moved the third into him easily after that, groaning in satisfaction at the deep, thick moan that Gwen gave in response. Three fingers, and Gwen felt open and ready. His hips felt stretched, his cock was leaking pre-cum onto his belly, and it started off searing hot and cooled in the air around them. "'Please,' Gwen said, having no idea exactly what he was asking for. He wanted August inside him, he wanted it to stop, he wanted August to not be able to see his face. He threw his forearm over his eyes, and it helped, but not much. "'A little longer,' August said, stretching his fingers carefully." Are you in any pain? Gwen shook his head. August practically purred in response. Perfect. That's wonderful. You are doing so well. All words he wasn't used to associating with himself, and he thought his mind might short out hearing it all. He sobbed in frustration. Tears were leaking back behind his ears into his hair. 
There was a mindlessness he had come to appreciate about sex, a blankness where he never had to be entirely there. But like this, with August over him, he didn't know how to be anywhere else. And August over him like this was incredible, every time Gwen shifted his forearm to look at him. The expressions he made, the concentration, the way he shifted with confidence from one movement to the next, even the way his wrist curled up and inwards when he fingered him, and Gwen could feel that against his skin. August withdrew his fingers and ran them over Gwen's cock as he shifted his hips until he was pushing at Gwen's entrance. And Gwen arched up, unthinking, and wanted August inside of him. He hadn't realized how open he was until August slipped in without having to push his way forward. August moaned, and Gwen's breath stuttered in his lungs. It took him several seconds to remember how to breathe again. "'Easy there, Gwen,' August said. "'It's going to be over soon.' He was reassuring him like they were in the middle of a far heavier scene, and Gwen felt embarrassed by his own anguish, even as August stole these nuances of feeling from him as he pushed deeper, sliding in on the slickness of him. But August didn't press all the way in straight away, withdrew before a familiar ache could bloom inside of him, kept his thrusts measured, one hand on Gwen's hip to stop him rolling too sharply forwards. One of Gwen's hands found its way to August's back, pressing into the stickiness of blood. His fingers dug in again, but he couldn't help himself, and August arched his back into Gwen's hand, welcoming. He moved hypnotically, setting up a steady, even rhythm that wasn't too slow. He pushed a little deeper every time until he was fully seated, and Gwen felt as though August had made a home inside of him and wouldn't ever be leaving. He didn't know how else to explain it, and it overwhelmed him, made noises spill out of his mouth into August, made him shift uncertainly. August didn't hold down Gwen's hip anymore, instead running his hand soothingly over Gwen's thigh several times, before hooking his fingers in under his knee and stretching his leg back and over August's shoulder. And there, August pressed deeper until Gwen gasped, hoarsely. August whispered things against his mouth, but Gwen couldn't hear him, not until August said, "'Oh, that training pays off, hmm? I wondered how flexible you were.' And Gwen huffed out a faint breath of laughter, as much despair as it was anything else. "'Hold on to me,' August said. "'Bring your other arm up.' Gwen did, grateful to have an order to respond to. It made everything, for a few seconds, clearer. He had one hand pressed over August's shoulder, the other at his hips, which were trembling. And then, when Gwen's hands were in position, something unlocked in August's muscles, and he undulated backwards and then forwards again, sliding in and out, the angle and the pillow combining to sing a pleasure through Gwen that was sharp and full, and made his nerves feel flooded somehow, that he was overflowing. More than that, and all the more frightening because of it, he couldn't abandon his awareness of August, of the care he was showing. It was good. He knew it was good. He knew that, because he knew he was close to coming— but the dread was swirling back alongside the rising pleasure, and his mind was tearing itself apart with fear and horror and some unnameable, unspeakable thing that was turning his breath to dust that made him panic against August's movements until August slowed further and hushed him, kept hushing him, and Gwen realized that broken, half-spoken words were falling from his throat and he didn't know what any of them were, only that they were denials and fear and suspicion and paranoia. But August wouldn't stop moving, and it reminded him suddenly of when they'd been in the lake, when he'd nearly killed August— And August had then, too, unwound him, made him come to the tune of this strange dread in his heart. But this was far worse, a nausea all the way through him, tangled up in knots alongside the pleasure of it all. He didn't know what to do, what he wanted, what was happening. On the back of reassurances, praise came, falling from August's mouth and benedictions that Gwen's mind refused to let resolve into words. It was only tone, the rise and fall, the lilt of it. August's voice melodic and soft in his ears, emphasizing words like good and brave and sweetness and, oh, I know, my dear heart, I know. August was merciless in his care, and Gwen had forgotten how to fight back. He didn't know what he was supposed to be pitting himself against, didn't know how to anchor himself. He opened his mouth to beg, and August's mouth was there, calmly swallowing every word that formed and faltered behind his lips. His orgasm took him by surprise. He knew it had been building— but he'd been distracted by fear and was only brought back by the locked spasms of his muscles, the keening noise he made against August's lips, vibrating sound between them. It ran fingers of sensation all the way through him, strained his spine and his hips, and he gasped and shuddered through it. And still, August murmuring praise and reassuring noises and telling him that he'd done so very, very well. It was only seconds later that August came, almost entirely quiet except for one thick moan torn from him. Gwen was still shivering through his own release, sticky with sweat, belly slick from pre-cum and his own release, torso still wearing stripes of lubricant, 
He felt wet, clumsy in his own flesh, his body shuddering through wave after wave of pleasure. Whatever August had cracked open inside of him was new and ugly. It was too much alongside the wounds he already bore. Too wide, too gaping, and inescapable. He had no words for it, only that it was there, and it wouldn't go. And as August withdrew, nausea followed abruptly on the heels of his arousal, and he was pushing blindly at August, who was telling him to wait and saying something else, and Gwen ran into August's bathroom, only vaguely aware he'd never been in it before. He threw up, sobbing as he did so, aware of the spasms moving through him, mimicking his release, with nothing of catharsis in them. He closed his lips around the pain of it once he'd finished dry retching, and he was on his knees on the tiles, an arm wrapped around himself and the other in his hair as he desperately tried to master himself. He did not cry like this, and nothing had happened to him. Nothing! He sensed August's presence in the bathroom and couldn't even look at him, moaning, wounded, instead. "'What's happening to me?' he said, pressing his palm to his mouth when he felt sobs threatening in his lungs again. But words forced their way out instead, cracked and broken. "'What did you do to me? What did you do?' And August was by his side, kneeling beside him, drawing him close and wrapping arms around him. He pressed lips into the top of his head, dragged Gwen away from the toilet until they were leaning against a bathroom cabinet. Gwen's legs stayed curled up underneath him, and he turned into August's body, even as August dragged a towel down from a nearby rack and pulled it over his shoulders. "'What did you do to me?' Gwen said, his voice high, unsteady. "'Now you can say you understand what gently is,' August said, his own voice shaking. "'For the first time in over three thousand years, you can say it.' He sounded tired, and his head thumped back against the cabinet. "'Now you know,' he said." Gwen shook harder, burrowed his head into August's neck until it was only shadows and the smell of the blood drying on August's back, herbal scents of whatever lotions August used in his bathroom, and the thick, heady scent of the sex they just had. The wound inside of his heart twisted, cracked open wider. "'Oh,' Gwen said, squeezing his eyes shut, swallowing around the hugeness of the wreckage inside of him. August's arms tightened around him until Gwen felt an ache blossom where they were banded but he didn't want August to let up, and instead he sank freely into August's chest, feeling August's pulse beneath his skin, his heart. You'll get used to it. Gwen started to laugh until his voice cracked, until one of August's hands came up and buried in his hair, drawing him closer and massaging the back of his head. And Gwen became aware, still laughing, that he was hysterical. He didn't react like this to anything. Not torture, not pain, not anything. Here he was falling apart. He didn't think he wanted to get used to it, but even if he did, he didn't know how it would be possible. August was the only one he'd ever allowed to do that to him, and he didn't know if he could ever accept it from anyone else. August would be gone soon. The word an echo in his head. Gone. He would be free as it was possible to be, and he would no longer be forced to spend time with his rapist captor, the false king." and Gwen kept laughing, the sound of it broken and dull, because he'd stolen something from August, and he didn't know exactly what, aside from his freedom, it was. But August had stolen something from him, too, and left this open wound inside of him, a maw of hurt, and Gwen clung on to August, unsure, trembling. Gwen had entered into a half-doze some time later, when August drew him upright carefully, keeping the towel wrapped around him. "'You need to lie down.' August said, drawing him by the hand back into his room, turning down the blankets, dragging Gwen into bed with him. Gwen didn't need much encouragement. His head was a ball of cotton wool, his chest hurt. For something that had caused so little pain, he ached now. His soul was exhausted. He wanted to give up. He didn't know how. "'Come along,' August said, drawing the blankets up over them both before tugging Gwen close once more and Gwen went, unable to resist, until his cheek was resting on damp hair and he felt August's eyes on him. He could feel August's worry. He didn't want to see it. You needed to know, August said finally, heavily. Maybe that wasn't the right thing to do, but you needed to know. And I can't stand the idea of someone else showing you and getting it wrong. And, <laughs> August chuckled ruefully, I simply can't stand the idea of someone else showing you at all. Gwen didn't say anything, didn't open his eyes. He felt like the light had been let off inside him somehow, reduced him to an internal wasteland. 
He wasn't even shaking. He was limp against August, who trailed patterns and letters over his skin. Gwen picked some of them out, but was too tired to care about piecing together the words. August pressed his lips to his, kept them closed. He lingered, and Gwen moaned softly, felt sleep beckoning. Not a doze after all, but actual sleep. He supposed he might need it. He'd needed more since visiting Tigbalon, though it had come with the side effect of more nightmares. Sweetness, August said against his lips, smiling. Gwen rumbled a faint sound of discontent. Grumpy already, August murmured. A good sign, I believe. Gwen was still sticky. He knew he'd need a shower when he woke up, but he didn't have the energy to deal with any of it now. And a part of him liked it, liked that he was full of August's release, that he was marked with signs of what they'd done. He burrowed closer, pulling August to him absently, tangling a hand in his damp hair. He fell asleep warm and held, wounded and heartbroken, not understanding why.